Today we're going to be looking at Bible study as we study the essentials. And when it comes to the essentials, we had a brief discussion on what is essential and what is not essential. Water would be essential. Cokes are not essential. So some of you went to camp and you didn't even get a Coke, all right? And you made it. You survived. Some of you, the moment you stepped into Six Flags, you put your head under a Coke fountain and guzzled it down because you were going through withdrawals. Food, there's plenty of food. You don't have to have desserts, even though they're delicious. You must have shelter, but you don't have to have television. You do need clothing, but you don't need things like cell phones. When it comes to our spiritual walk, there are things that we need. There are things that we must practice. We must have or we won't grow. And these are what we call core biblical priorities. Worship, Bible study, prayer, fellowship, service, evangelism. These are things that we must continue to practice to strengthen our devotion to Jesus Christ, to deepen our love for God and others, and to cause us to grow in personal holiness. And as I mentioned, we're going to talk about Bible study. And my assumption is that most of you had a great time in the Word this last week. Because most of you were on camp. And we would wake up and we would make you read. And we had a lesson each day. You look at summer and you're saying, look, I've got summer now. I, I couldn't read during the school year because the schedule was, was too busy and too demanding. And I had all this stuff going on. Oh, but the summer... I'll do it in the summer. And in the summer, what happens? Oh, yeah, uh, I don't have to read in the morning because I can read later. And oh, I, I know I didn't read later, but I'll read at night. And then you lay on your bed and you start to read and you fall asleep. Or you say, well, it's late tonight. I want to give it my all, so I'll read in the morning. And it's this, this vicious cycle of not reading. Not reading. Well, Christian, we must read in order to grow. We must read in order to be reminded of God's goodness and what he wants for us. It's something that we should long for, that we should want to do and practice habitually. We're going to take a quick glimpse at Psalm 119 to show us a foundation and a motivation for Bible study, all right? And I, I can't remember why I had that old guy in there, but apparently be like old people that read. We'll first start out with the question, why should I read? Why should I read? The first reason that we read is to obtain wisdom. To obtain wisdom. I've shared this before, but when I had told Rocky many, many years ago that I was interested in becoming a youth pastor, he immediately had me memorize Psalm 119, 97 through 105. And he didn't care that 105 is actually the next stanza. It's also important because he wanted that to be the foundation for my desire. And so you can flip there, go to Psalm 119, 97. Maybe you have memorized this yourself, hopefully. This is the heartbeat of every Christian. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation 
all the day. Well, how does it get to be your meditation all the day? That doesn't mean that you're like the, the, the Buddhist guy who's going home or, you know, the yoga guy, that type of thing. It means that you, you, you think about it and you consider it. And when you're confronted with temptation or with trials, it pops into your mind and you, it rolls around and that's what you prioritize. Well, how does that get there? The Bible doesn't say you have to read in the morning, but I'll say this, if you don't read, you're less likely to read throughout the day and you don't have that foundation of for something to roll around in your brain. So it's really helpful. Your commandments. And notice it in this passage, you have law, you have commandments, you have testimony, ordinances. All of those are the, the word of God. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever mine. Some of you just think you're smarter than everybody else because it's you. But really, I know your word, so I am smarter than my adversaries because I'm simply just going to regurgitate and meditate on your truth. I have more insight than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged because I have observed your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. I have not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. From your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you ever ask yourselves, am I a believer? That profession of faith that I made, was it genuine? Is this you? Is this your heartbeat? Is this your attitude towards God's word? Wisdom is knowing the right thing and doing it. And studying the Bible and meditating on it will supply both. The knowledge and the action. Flip over to verse 17 of Psalm 119. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. That is a great verse to pray before you start to read. God, just open up my eyes. You've probably read what you're reading numerous times before. Help me see something new. Help it impact me in a new way. Or if it's the first time I've ever read it, help me understand what it means. And the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God to us. Go over to Psalm 119, 129. Longest chapter in the Bible and it's all about the Word of God. Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul observes them. The unfolding of your words give light, it gives understanding to the simple. Verse 160, the sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting. Everlasting. Wisdom is right here in the very Word of God. The second reason that you should read is to grow spiritually. To grow spiritually. Verse 38 of Psalm 119. 
Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. We know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, right? So that understanding of who he is and who I am in relation to him. I fear him. I realize I have not kept his commandments. So I repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for my sins. And now I'm a new creation in Christ. And I continually go back to your word, God. Because it continues to produce reverence in me. We took a a quiz on camp. The Monsters Trivia Quiz. And some of you have never seen Monsters, Inc. or Monsters University. So you did really bad. And that's okay. Some of you, you rocked it. Probably because I saw you watching the movies on the bus ride up. For others, you had watched it at some point down the road, and so it was kind of, and you you did okay, right? My kids actually went home and watched Monsters University, because I don't think they'd ever seen it before. The nearer that movie is to your mindset and your recollection, the more you know about it, right? So the nearer the Word of God, that's how God, He communicates to us in special revelation, the sun, the star, the skies, the moon, all of those things. But, or sorry, in general revelation, that's that. But special revelation is his word. And so when we read his word, it reminds us of who God is and how he is holy, but how he is also loving and how he is caring and how he is sovereign. And that helps me grow spiritually. Go to Psalm 1, which, come on, I, I know you memorized this baby, right? I know you've got this. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sitters, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Well, why doesn't he do that? Because his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers. Like a plant receiving the proper water and the proper nutrients, you grow spiritually when you root yourself into the Word of God. But the one who does not believe and the one who distances himself from the Word of God are the wicked in verse 4. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So I should read because I want to grow in wisdom. I should read because I want to grow spiritually. I also should read so that I can defend the truth. I I, I don't need to hide behind mom and dad. I don't need to hide behind, you know, John MacArthur or what my youth leader says. Those are good people to to learn from, right? But I have the Word of God, and let me tell you what the Word of God says. Psalm 119, again, verse, let's flip back over there and go to verse 42. Look at 
Look at verse 41, actually. May your loving kindnesses also come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. So I will have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. And do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I wait for your ordinances, so I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be ashamed. Shall not be ashamed. I want you to flip over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter is a very important word for us, verses for us. This was the, the kind of the whole start of the foundation of our getting grounded study that we have, which will start up in the fall again. 1 Peter 3.13, who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? And you're like, well, I can, I can think of a few people. I can think of a few people that hate me. I can think of a few people that hate Jesus. Uh, remember, Peter is writing this to Christians who have been persecuted by Nero. And he's telling them to, to, to buck up and to stand strong and to preach the truth, even though they might die because of this. He says, but even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. And do not fear their intimidation. And do not be troubled, but sanctify, set apart Christ as Lord in your hearts. Always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet with gentleness and reverence. That's what it is. Are you ready to defend the truth? Are you ready? You believe that you are saved by faith and not by works. Can you defend that? You believe that God sovereignly elected you to salvation and that he called and drew you to himself. Are you ready? You believe that God is the creator. Are you ready to defend that? And I'm not saying that you have to, to study to be a scientist, which you can, that's great. But do you understand Genesis 1-1? Do you understand the, the, the day-age theory versus reality? What the word day means, how it was one morning and one night, one day. Can you defend those truths? Well, if you don't study His Word, if you don't read His Word, you cannot. Can a believer lose their salvation? Absolutely not. Do you know why? If you go back to our Bible memorization program, right? This summer, we're actually doing the essentials. So there's a category for God's resources. There's a category for the essentials and so forth. We're taking the essentials and we're doing it this summer. So you started out with Galatians 2.20. That's awesome. On Wednesday, you're going to memorize 2 Timothy 3.16. And some of you are like, oh, I got that. I already know that one. Good. You're going to study it on Wednesday as well. But if you've never memorized 2 Timothy 3.16, start now. Use this week. And then the next Wednesday, you're going to get another verse and use that whole time. And then with your friends, talk about it with each other. But our Bible memorization, the key things like saved by faith and not by works, boom, it's there. The once saved, always saved, boom, it's there. 
All of those key things are built into that program. Are you working on it? Are you seeking to grow? But lastly, why should I read? Simply to obey God. Don't you want to obey God? Don't you want to do what he says? Could I have not started here and ended here? God says it, so I will do it. It's kind of like when you ask dad, but dad, why do I have to? And he says, because I said so. As a parent, sometimes that's kind of a bad answer. Uh, but when God says it, it's a great answer. It's a great answer. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Well, how do I, how do I know what that is if I don't know your word, right? With all my heart, I have sought your law. Do not let me wander from your commandments. The Bible tethers us to righteousness. Your word I have what? Treasured in my heart so I may not sin against thee. I love it. I prioritize it. I memorize it. I study it. Your word. Your word. Secondly, let's look at not just why should I read, but why don't I read? Let's talk about that for a second. Now, and I know some of you are, are you're doing a good job. You're reading and you're studying, but you feel kind of frustrated or stumped. You feel like you should be doing better, okay? That's called sanctification. I don't think there's ever a time that you're going to go, nailed it all this week. Just boom, I was locked in every second of the lesson, and I memorized everything, and every day I, I popped up and ooh, I just, just chewed it up. As you grow closer to Christ, you realize, man, I, gotta, I, I need to do better, and I need to grow in this area. But some of you simply don't love Jesus, so you don't read. You don't read. But some of you can genuinely love Jesus, but you struggle with this. It could be, I'm distracted. All of the, the shiny lights and the things of the world are pulling me away. It could be good, fun things. Sometimes it can even be ministry that you're so wrapped up in that you forget to take the time to read. Remember Martha and Mary. Jesus was there and Martha was distracted with all her preparations and she came up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Don't you love it how she answers the question for him? But the Lord answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are so worried and bothered by so many things, but only one thing is necessary for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Mary just wanted Jesus. She wanted to hear from Jesus. She wanted to learn from Jesus. She wanted to interact. And sometimes we get distracted by the worries and the fears of the world, but sometimes we get distracted by the good things that are out there. By the good things that are out there. Could be distracted, but I also could be lazy. I think there's a song about that, the Lazy Bone song. Brandon it talked about the sluggard on camp. Don't be lazy. This this is work, but it's it's good work. It's fruitful work. It's it's work that God blesses. Don't be lazy. I could be lacking faith, which means you. You could be unsaved, and as an unbeliever, of course, you don't want the Word, right? You want to run from the Word, but it could be that you're still growing in your walk. Who you are now, Christian, 
is going to be different than who you are 20 years from now because the Holy Spirit will continue to grow you in progressive sanctification. You need to strengthen your faith, your resolve in God and in His Word, and He will bless that and He will grow you. Those are all reasons why. And you're sitting here saying, look, I'm in on this. All right, I am a Christian. I have repented and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I do admit there are times I get distracted. I do admit there's times that I'm lazy. There's times that, uh, you know, I, I just lack that faith and that maturity. I, I get it. But I am a Christian, and I want to read. Here are some very simple things for you to jot down to help you. These are the four A's to being a proper student of God's Word. And the first one would be aspiration. What do I mean by that? See the little guy reaching for the star? All right, you want to be the little guy reaching for Bible study. Maybe I should put a little Bible study picture there, a little Bible instead of a star. You should want to do it. 1 Peter 2, 2, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. There's a condition here. If you're a Christian, you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. Your sins have been forgiven. Jesus paid for your debt on the cross. His kindness overflows to you, Christian. And if that is the case, just like a baby longs for pure milk of the word, longs for the milk, you should long for the word. Pretty simple illustration, right? Pretty simple illustration. Psalm 20, my soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. Do you get the difference there? Hey, uh, child, do you do your reading today? Oh, no, but I will. Oh, man, I got to read because, you know, uh, JT is going to ask about it on group time on Wednesday, and I got to have something. Uh, I can't show up with an empty reading plan or everyone's going to make fun of me. You have to instill that longing. Pray to the Lord. Ask Him to give it to you. It's a natural thing that all Christians have, but we have to stoke that fire and we have to cultivate it. And the more you read, it's kind of like the the people that work out and exercise a lot. If you take a month off, what are you going to most likely do? Take another month off? Because it's kind of nice, you don't have to work out. But the people that are like in the groove and exercising all the time, they like it. I know, they're weird like that, okay? With the Word of God, you read it and you do it and you want more of it. You want more of it. You long for it. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Do not put me to shame. I cling to them. I got to have them. I got to have them. The second A, you have aspiration. The second A would be arrangement. And I'm not talking about with flowers, okay? Because with flowers, I don't really know anything about them. Every Mother's Day and birthday, I ask Kim, what do you, what do you want? And all she says is flowers, okay? Y'all have to reboot yours because it, it's still showing it's connected to the Apple TV, okay? Okay. Are y'all tied into the Ethernet or are you on the Wi-Fi? Okay, which Wi-Fi are you on? That's right, I'll just go through it and we'll figure it out another time, all right? All right, so 
the arrangement. Every, Kim wants flowers, okay? But the problem with that, I don't know anything about flowers. But I, I still try, so Tom Thumb helps me. Tom Thumb helps me. And so uh, my kids for Mother's Day went with me. And we would, we would pick through and, oh, this is a good one. And there we go. And she said she liked them, so I think it worked out. But I don't know the proper mix of like tulips to roses. I just know not to do carnations because I think those are the cheap flower. Don't know if I can identify a carnation. Okay? Don't, don't know if I can. But you have to arrange your life. And you're like, whoa, that sounds like effort. Yeah. It is. It is effort. Stick to a consistent time. So write down time, write down place, and write down study. And we've probably gone over these before. It's not rocket science. But are you doing it? So when I say, look, I'm looking at tomorrow, and I want to read. Okay, when am I going to fit this in? I, I, no, I normally don't fit it in. Instead of, if I say, this is it. This is it. This is the time that I do it. And it's got like a little bubble, a little shield, that I don't let other things interfere with it. I don't let other things take it or displace it or to move it. It's consistent. Now, you could look ahead and say, look, I know I have a really early morning, so it's not going to happen in the morning. But I know that I can do it at lunchtime. There's a, it should be a, a, a trigger. It could be right when I get home from school. Set a, an update, an alarm on your phone or whatever it is to help you with that. But there can be habitual times. Even if you say, like, I'm going to do it at night, that can sometimes be a, a moving target with it. But that time is so helpful. And it could be you take your reading plan out and you got the calendar on the front and each day... You look and say, this is the time I want to do it. And then you can go back and you can put a little check mark if it happened. Or you can cross it out if it didn't. So that when you go to the next week, you can say, I can't have that same plan. That plan failed. I need a new plan. What about the place? What about the place? So let's say you're doing it in the morning. You've got 20 minutes of time. And you wake up and you can't find your Bible and you can't find your reading plan. And then, then you finally get it and then there's someone snoring next to you. So you can talk through with your parents because I know some of you share a room. There could be a study. You could do it out on the, on the back porch if the weather is nice. And the night before, go ahead and have your stuff there. Have it set out. All right, if you like coffee like normal people, then you have your little coffee or your chocolate milk or your uh, yoo-hoos or whatever it is these days. And you just eat and drink and you, you, you read and you study and your pen's already, where's that, where's that pen? It's already there. All set up. Give yourself every opportunity for victory, not for an excuse not to do it. Oh, I, didn't, I can't find it. It didn't work out. It's too loud. I'm distracted. But then what about a study? Now, I, I've, made it, I've made it easy for you because you have a reading plan. And so all you have to do is open it up to that day. And throughout, you know, for a lot of you, we've been doing the same type of monthly reading plan for a long time now. 
We've done different things in the youth group. We've, we've done a year reading plan, and you can find those online. But what happened is sometimes people would fall behind, and they would get frustrated, and they'd feel like failures. Well, now if you get frustrated and feel like a failure for the month of June, in July we go, hey, here's a shiny new one. And you go, yay. But it could be something that you're doing with your family. That, that's great. We're trying to, as youth leaders, to think through so you're not just reading the same thing every time. But you're also attaching prayer to that so that your other people in your group are doing something similar so you can talk about it. But you, you don't have to do it. It could be times that you say, you know what, I, I want to go more in depth and just study a few verses. Well, that'd be awesome. And what we're going to do on Wednesday, Wednesday we're going to do Bible study in practice. And so I'm going to take a shorter time of my lesson time. And I am going to walk through just a quick review, but we're going to talk about the TAN method. We're going to talk about how to do, utilize our reading plan, but then we're going to talk some about lesson prep, smaller section study. And then you're going to go with your small group, and you're going to work through those things. All right? And if you ever have questions, what, how do I do the TAN? When it says the TAN, the then, always, now, I never know that one, so I just skip it. Or maybe it's not that important, or maybe I just kind of mail it in and throw a few answers on there. They're going to walk through how to do that, okay? And I know you're like, I don't have small groups. Every Wednesday, you're going to go with your gender grade group. So the, the senior guys go together, the freshman guys go together. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll come out with the small group request form, and those will start in August. But on Wednesday, that's what it's going to look like, all right? So a way for you to practice it, come ready. I would encourage you to bring your Bible, bring your reading plan. If you want a spiral or a notebook that you use, bring your stuff so that you can enjoy that time as a small group. The, last, uh, the next one, remember there are four A's. The third A is exercise. It's exercise. With exercise... And it's, that, it's not the way you put the body spray on, okay? You need to, you need to discipline yourself. And uh, I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 9. First Corinthians 9. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Takes time. It takes effort. But I'll also say this, okay? I've seen... People play a lot of sports. And there are people that spend time and effort doing things the wrong way. So their jump shot in basketball simply gets worse. Because they practice the wrong way more. Okay? And it goes that way for football and routes and all of that stuff. You have the foundation. We're going to talk about it on Wednesday on how to do it in context. Um, understanding the, the grammar and the, the vocabulary, all of that stuff. But then you have to put in the work. You have to put in the time. 
Do you understand 2 Timothy 2.15? That you are to show yourself a workman that is approved, that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You need to, to stretch yourself. Discipline. Hard work. Stretching yourself. Oh, I didn't know I could do that. Block diagramming? That sounds so tough. Wait, I, I, I did it. I did it. When it comes to meditating, it means to engage in thought or contemplation. To reflect. It's effort. It's not just open it up and gloss through it and boom, shut. And, oh, I feel better now. It's not how it works. You need to, to exercise. Charles Spurgeon says that most read their Bibles like cows. Cows that stand in thick grass and trample underfoot their feet the finest flowers and herbs. Martin Luther says when it comes to Bible study, he compares it to a tree that has apples. And he says, first I shake the whole tree that the ripest may fall. Then I climb the tree and I shake each limb. Then each branch and then each twig and then I look under each leaf. Wants every apple of truth. Every apple of truth. He wants it. The fourth A is accountability. Accountability. Most of the time, is it easier to do something with help or by yourself? With help or by yourself? Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. It's the idea. You may walk out of this room and say, I'm in. Let's go. And then something throws you off. Something distracts you. That laziness starts creeping in. But if you find a buddy, even today, and we've made it easy. You don't even have to call people anymore. You can just text them. Hey, every day, man, text me. Did you read? And you find someone who is honest and dependable and loving. It's not a competition. It's not a competition. Hey, did you read yet? You know what? I didn't. I'm going to go do that now. All right, man, I'm praying for you. But why do people not want to do that? I mean, why? Because then you have to read. You have to, you have to put in the work. And if you have a buddy and it's been a week and they're not reading, it's, it's okay to call them out and say, look, we need to talk. We need to talk and figure out why this is. But man, what a, what a blessing it is to have good friends that can help you and that can guide you, that can hold you accountable. Don't run away from Wednesday nights. Don't run away. Bring your reading plan with you. Open it up. Be honest. Hey, guys. Would y'all be praying for me? I haven't been reading lately. 
And when you hear that, what's the attitude? Oh, I can't, can't believe you. You, you stink. Has anyone ever said that to you? You know, most of the time, people are going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Would you pray with me too? And we need to be more real and more open and more honest. I mean, if you go to mom and dad and say, mom and dad, I really want to read more. Is there anything you can do to help me? You have this very special time right now where you're still in the house and you need to build up practices and you need to build up disciplines so that when you're out on your own, you still have that friend, that accountability friend that's helping you, that's guiding you. You could just say, hey, look, text me, text me the, the verse you love the most. Copy and paste it in there. And maybe that's an encouragement and a blessing to them as well. So the work you did helps others. You could have a whole group that does it or something like that. But the, the one-on-one thing makes it hard to, hard to escape it. Hard to escape it. So we have talked about why should you read. We have dismissed the excuses for why we, we don't read. And then we've talked about the four A's to being a proper student of God's word. And here I am. You are the horse. I have taken your leather thing that's bound to your mouth. Help me out, horse people. Bridle. Okay, thank you. Was that our Decatur lady? Thank you. I've taken your bridle, and I have dragged you to the beautiful water of God's word. Can't read it for you. It's up to you. If you love Jesus, you'll love his word and you'll read it. But if you don't love Jesus, nothing exposes that more than your attitude to his word. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, you are wonderful. You are loving. And although you are mighty and powerful, we acknowledge how much work, time, and effort you put into producing your word. Over 40 different authors, spanning thousands of years, all consistent and on the same page, preserved through the ages. But unfortunately, it often just sits there on our nightstand. It's just another app on our phone. And we don't take the time to read it or to appreciate it, to memorize it like we should. Forgive us of that, Lord, and give us a new thirst and a foundation to be men and women of the word. We love you, Lord. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.